Welcome to the Mom Talk Show, where we believe that being an informed mom is key to recognize problems at an early age. As a mom in today's world, facing challenges can be overwhelming, but having the right support can make all the difference. Our mission is to provide helpful and trustworthy information to support you on your parenting journey. Welcome to Mom Talk, the talk show for mom. Today we're talking about bilingual language development with Becca Lewis. Becca is a speech and language pathologist. She is the owner of Citadel SLP, and she's also my co-host on the podcast, Mom Talk. So welcome, Becca. Welcome to Mom Talk. Well, thank you for having me. Well, it's a pleasure. Today we're going to talk about bilingualism. And I want to know, um, my first question is, is it true that it actually delays speech? when a child is learning two languages? Yeah, it's a really good question, and it's a really common myth. So I get calls all the time from parents worried, well, our family speaks more than one language. Um, is that going to like mess up my child? Are they going to be delayed? And all the research um, has shown both for kids who are later considered like typically developing and those who may have a developmental disability that um, uh, there is no difference. Um, having more than one language or one language does not delay um, language development. Uh, if they're going to be delayed, they will be delayed. Uh, and uh, if they're not delayed, having more than one language is only a benefit. So, as you know, my family, we're learning English and French in my home, right? Yes. So, one way to expose kids is having two parents speaking different languages or two languages. Is, yes. So, that's one of the ways. Is, is there any other ways to expose our children to more than one language? Yeah, so there's actually lots of different ways. Um, so one way is like yourself, you know, one parent speaks one language, the other parent speaks uh, the other language, either by choice or because that's just what they know. Um, other times, um, both parents may speak both languages or you know multiple languages, and they may choose different times in the day. So maybe dinner time is French, and, and they'll learn more vocabulary um, in French during that uh, particular time. Um, in my case, uh, my kids are minimally bilingual <laughs> because um, I am born here in Canada, and I speak a little bit of Cantonese, but definitely not to the ability of a, another adult that knows Cantonese. So my kids know a little bit. And uh, in our case, I've chosen my parents' house as the place where I try my best to, to use Cantonese because my husband doesn't speak any of it, and I didn't feel like it was fair in our household to do it that way. So that's uh, another um, way to do it. So there's not really a right or wrong way to, to do it. It's what comes naturally, um, what feels kind of right for the family. We hear about French immersion, late French immersion. There's also like uh, acting, is it uh, Cantonese or Mandarin Im like immersion? I've heard about all kind of immersions. Is, do you recommend this or when is this a good idea if specifically for you? not worry about delayed speech. Yeah, if, if you're not worried about delay, the exposure to 
um, either you know, another language within your family or an immersion program. So we are lucky in our community. We have French immersion and we also have a Mandarin immersion program in our community as well. Um, is that that gives children the opportunity to be exposed to more than one language. You know, they might not become fluent, um, but it does give them the opportunity to be exposed to it and it actually helps their brain develop because they're having more exposure there's uh, that exposure will prime them for for later you know later in life you know if they've gone through French immersion but they don't really use it in their day-to-day -day, they're still more likely to be able to pick it up later or to pick up a completely different language um, because their brain is primed to, to speaking more than one language okay so what you touched there is very interesting because we hear about this oh they speak two languages so um, you want to expose them maybe to another one and keep going because they have a brain language. Have you heard this before? You know, it's just so easy about learning so many languages. You know, some people speak like 10 languages. Yes. So I know some people have abilities, I guess, better abilities than others to learn mm -hmm. languages. But I'm always wondering about that. Is, it, is there a time frame to expose our children so it's easier for them to learn another language? So absolutely. So ideally... Before the first four years of life is a really great time to, to do lots of exposure. Uh, it's not that they can't learn it or that they couldn't become fluent if it's after the age of four, um, but there's a lot of development and our brain um, is pruning and you know taking away the things that we're not using. And so there's you know kind of two parts to that. It's how our brain's absorbing that information. Um, but the other thing is our muscles in our tongue uh, start to you know, differentiate and there's certain sounds, you know, you can probably think to yourself, well, what sound is really hard to say? Because it's not a sound uh, that French has that you learned in English. Uh, and you hear that all the time. There's some common sounds, you know, like R for a lot of um, Asian languages is can be really difficult. They just don't have that sound in their um, mother tongue. And so it will make it uh, more of an accent, which is, you know, still really beautiful. And they can still learn the language, uh, but they won't sound um, like a native speaker necessarily. I know what you mean, because there's quite a few words in my family that my kids are struggling a little bit mm -hmm. to say properly. Mm -hmm. it, it needs a little bit more practice, but they've been hearing French since they were born, right? Mm -hmm. But my husband is having a hard time. It's always very, very cute. But I, but I can understand how even like me trying to say certain words in English, sometimes mm -hmm. I need to, uh, yeah, like take take one, take two. It's not always easy. And also the s's, you know, in English. Yes. If there's a plural in a, a s at the end of a word, you have to say it. But in French, you don't have to say it because uh, the pronoun is feminine, masculine, or plural. So the ah. pronoun define if the words is uh, plural or not, which that's another uh, ways to look at languages. And I feel um, because it's so different, your brain starts thinking differently when you speak. Yes. Too. Like I, for me, I have to put my French hat <laughs> and I have to put my English hat when I speak, depends, depends which language. Right. But um, I'm sure children that are learning two languages like this are also sometimes like getting mixed. Do they get that mixed up? Like I do sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, like I want to say something in French, it comes out in English. And uh, is it something that you see in your practice or uh, how is that? Yeah, so, you know, children's brains are so resilient and they're so malleable. Uh, plastic is a word that we kind of use that there's still so much happening um, in their brain that um, just like 
adults, you know, they can, especially if they're used to speaking more than one language in the household, turn to the maybe wrong person, you know, the parent that doesn't speak the language and say something in the language that their parent doesn't speak. Um, everyone can do that. Uh, the funny thing is uh, one of the signs of fluency between multiple languages is actually that what we call code switching. So it's going back and forth between the languages that they speak, uh, potentially within the same sentence. Um, so, you know, if you, um, if you have any friends or family members where they do speak both English and French, and you may start a sentence in French, and then switch over to English and vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a sign of fluency that you know both languages well enough to kind of make that quick switch. So when children are making that switch, it doesn't mean that they're confused. It means that they're actually becoming more fluent. They're understanding how to use those two languages together. I really like it. This is a good little like pointer for parents here, right? Yeah. Um, so if you think about um, when we're not sure we want to introduce another language, mm -hmm. maybe there's a speech delay. So if we're not sure about it, should we wait? Should we not do it? What happened? You know, it's, it's I actually have a funny story for, for this one. Uh, you don't have to wait. Uh, actually, there's uh, research from the University of British Columbia, our local university, um, that they did a study with autistic children, both monolingual, they speak one language, or bilingual, and tested their vocabulary to see if there was a significant difference. So all the kids were autistic. Um, and it didn't make a difference um, for, for them um, being, um, uh, being autistic. Monolingual, bilingual, they were still picking up language at at the same rate. Um, so, you know, because of that, then we don't really have to worry about delaying it. Uh, so the funny story that I have, you know, working as a speech language pathologist, I see kids at all different types of ages. Um, and at one point in my career, um, I, I had a little, uh, a child who was already speaking by the time I had got, gotten them on my caseload. And um, when it came time, I think it was kindergarten, we did some testing, they were falling within what we would expect for their age, and I basically had worked myself out of a job. But the parent, <laughs> brought, the parent brought up an issue. They said, they get really upset when we speak our home language. And they had cut it out years ago because this child was delayed. And so they weren't using their, their home language with the child, but between parents, they were still using it. And this was actually making the child upset now that they were understanding so much language that they weren't understanding what their family is saying. And this is the great part about, you know, having that home language and bilingualism. There's a huge social piece um, to it within families. You know, you can communicate certain things much better in one language than another. And for this child, they were missing that piece in their, their, their mother language, and they felt left out. Mm -hmm. So they felt really left out. And so we, are, we actually used Dora as our example, as lots of people speak more than one language. And our team had lots of bilinguals. So we said, Becca speaks more than one language. This person speaks more than one language. Dora, one of your favorite characters, speak more than one language. And then that helped this child understand that it's OK that they don't know but it's a great opportunity now to ask to understand. And so, you know, years later, they ended up picking up more of their mother tongue, you know, not nearly as fluent if they had continued um, from early childhood, but, you know, they were able to communicate a little bit with their family and their mother tongue. So that's one benefit you just yeah. said there. Is there any other one? Uh, there's actually lots, you know, so it, like I said before, the brain development there. So um, bilinguals, um, based on studies, are uh, more creative and more flexible. 
Um, there's advantages when you're traveling because if you already speak more than one language, when you go to a country where it speaks that language, you have an automatic advantage because you're able to communicate with the locals, um, but you're also able to generally pick up new languages a little bit quicker. And so just throughout travel, it does make it a little bit easier. Um, they have found that bilinguals uh, sometimes will make a little bit more money career-wise. They're offered more opportunities um, because they have that extra skill. Um, so there really is no disadvantage to, to be multilingual. Excellent. Thank you so much, Becca, for your time. Becca, if our listeners people that are with us today wants to uh, find you, where can they find you? Um, well, my website is uh, citadelslp.ca. We're also on social media, so Facebook, um, we're Citadel Speech, and then on uh, Instagram, we're citadelslp. Thank you, Becca. For everyone that is with us today, to contact us or to view all our available episodes, please go to mom-talk.ca, where also uh, all those episodes are available on our YouTube channel at MomTalk and also at the Tri-Cities Community Television. If you're an expert, don't hesitate to contact us. We want to hear from you. Maybe you want to come on the show. So MomTalk would like to thank our generous sponsor, the Tri-Cities Community Television, and also our community sponsor, La Société Francophone de Mayarville. If you know a mom that would benefit from listening to this episode, please share it with her. Always remember, it's important to laugh, keep learning, cherish your village, and be true to yourself. I'm Genevieve Carlefebvre, and thank you for joining us. Visit us at mom-talk.ca to access our podcast library and stay up to date with our latest content. Follow us on social media for more tips, hacks, and inspiration. Thank you for joining us on this exciting journey of motherhood. <laughs>